I have three brand strategists to talk about all things brand, all things marketing. Wes. The value of a purpose and what it can actually do to your brand is a game changer. Martin. I think the reality is that you, you don't own your brand. Who owns your brand is your customers. And Ash. Whether it's individual biases or it's company biases, if it's not fixed, don't break it mentality. But if you're going to go down that road, then how are you going to scale? How are you going to be different? Hi everyone, welcome back to Unmatched. Today, I don't have one guest, I don't have two guests, but I have three guests on the show, which is, uh, I guess, the perfect number. And it's also um, very cool because I have three brand strategists to talk about all things brand, all things marketing. So I'm very excited. Wes, Martin, and Ash, welcome to Unmatched. Hi. Hello. Good to meet you. I've been following all of you individually uh, for some time. I love to interact with your content. You guys are all brand strategists, so you're completely down my alley. Uh, but before we start chatting about all those cool, interesting things, um, I would love for each of you to introduce yourselves and tell us what you do and where, where you are based. Uh, yeah, so I'm Wes Henstock. Uh, you'll see that in uh, future appearances. Uh, I'm uh, the owner of a, a brand uh, design and culture house in Nottingham uh, in the UK. Uh, and yeah, we're a collective global of talent, really just supporting and activating strategy uh, the best we can. I'm next to him geographically uh, in the Midlands in the UK, uh, where I have a, a, a brand consultancy and creative agency uh, a small one in in the in the UK uh, have ran it for the last fifteen years, and um, now I'm kind of meeting uh, people like Wes and Martin, and we're doing brand strategy together, which is uh, pretty cool. And cool Martin, best for last, best for last one. I like you already. You know, we haven't <laughs> spoken up, but um, this is already this is already going in the right direction. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Martin. I was born in Armenia. My mom is Estonian. I grew up in Italy, done my career in London, and now I'm in sunny Cyprus, where I founded Factory 39, which is a strategy, design, and software consultancy. And we work with companies from all over the world. And uh, yeah, sometimes we mix work and pleasure with these other two. And um, yeah, we love it so far. That's amazing. And uh, one thing that I'm very, very excited about this conversation today is this mix of cultures and, and perspectives, right? Because it, it might be very, very different from one person to another. So just the first question that I have for you guys, how did you end up working together? How did this happen? Because each one of you are, you know, on their own right, you know, successful, and you're entrepreneurs in your own right, and you have your own individual agencies. So what, where did this need of collaborating come from? Great question. Well, we, we, we studied together from the same mentor, which is uh, Martin Neumeyer. So we are all certified brand strategies and certified brand architects. And in that last class, actually, the brand uh, certification for becoming brand architects, uh, we collaborated together. We worked together um, on that massive uh, food conglomerate, Dr. Oechter. So we worked on their uh, frozen pizza division for six months. And uh, we loved it. We, we, we loved working together. Um, we found out that we complement nicely together. And it was one of those weird situations in life where... Uh, you simply connect very quickly with someone. You know, uh, we used to talk a lot on how we we 
quickly grow apart from childhood friends and how hard it is to make new connection but with this two it was we was instant uh, no 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 matter the the cultural differences the age differences the the differences of disciplines as well because we were all slightly different it just it just happened and the collaboration happened organically and we had to follow it mm. that, that that's how i feel from mm. my side at least the key, the key the key point though is what was it uh in the back of a cab in the middle of kensington i think it was where uh i've always had this you know i think you know me know my post i'm very heavily influenced by hip-hop and a great you know f- fan of of the wu-tang and i'm visionary in that respect from 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 rizza <laughs> and uh i started a business in america with that same collective mindset and i just said to these guys like so are we going to do this? Like literally in the cab in the middle of London, are we going to do this? And it was a literal like, we're doing it already. Let's just, let's just formalize it in some way, you know? So we had to work out differences. We've all got our own agencies, as you said. We've all got our own paths in life and our own day-to-day careers. But we, we cleverly try and, well, we cleverly do make this work alongside our day jobs and we kind of f- form this collective outside of... I know, uh, and to this point, it's still got no name. We're still kind of incognito. We're still, we're still known as the three guys. Like, and and I think that's the way we're going to keep it. Purposely unbranded, you know the 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 way that I explain it as fast as I can. Usually, is like the Avengers. You know, like in the Avengers saga, each one of the Avengers has his own franchise and his own movies, but they all come together when there is a very bad evil and they need to save the planet. So that's what we do. We come together, we save the planet, and then each one of us goes uh, in his own franchise and in his own little adventure with a, with an agency. But so, then we so keep coming if together. I, if I get it right, in this case, the 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 bad guy is the bad branding. Yes, and you guys are. Saving the day to save the companies, right? Yes, yes. I love that. Um, Ash, what what do you think is the the value added of bringing not one but three brand strategies to you know strategies together to solve this puzzle? I, I think it's exactly that. I think you've you've kind of alluded to that. It's a different perspectives on one problem, right? And martin and wes both said how much we're alike and we you know this relationship started off as friends basically we we were all part of a group we out of this group we went out together there was something about us that we connected we told stories about each other what our backgrounds were and they were all very different right but there was still something there was still some connections and and the fact that we were different um, and one of us, Martin, from a you know d- different country, different culture as well, um, we just have different perspectives on things. So if you think about the benefit to a client is that we're not going to be just amplifying each other's voices. It's not going to be an echo chamber within a brand strategy workshop. It's going to be three people challenging the client, but also challenging each other. Like, you know, keeping ourselves in check is like, are you sure that's right? And we don't mind having these kind of sometimes seen as arguments within a brand strategy workshop for clients if they don't know us. But it's like, we don't get offended. We're like, we're, we're keeping each other real. It's like, is that the right direction or is that not? And, you know, we try taming it down a little bit because not everyone knows how we are and how we work together, but we always get the best results. And and that's why we get the best results. So I think that's, I think that's the core benefit for a, for a client, us three working together. Yeah. 
And I think I think on that as well, like you know, like um, Martin says, uh, Ash said, sorry, we we challenge each other. You know, when we've worked in silo in the past, the strategists, the greatest strategy that you come to is your is your own, right? So you you've got no one to challenge you. And you believe in that. The only person that challenges you back is the client. When you've got people around you like these two, and we are like brothers, that will literally pick you apart and be like, are you sure? Are you really sure about that? I think it should be this. And we challenge each other in positive ways. You know, the value is, you know, as I know, the, the first three strategists actually coming together as a collective, you know, breaking the mold of the outside world, which strategists work in silo as lone wolves with a client, you know. That's the value. Three minds, three attacks, three different um, you know, pinpoints or ways in. Martin, I know what he's going to say, the, the three plus three or one plus one. I know that's his line and I know it's coming next. But yeah, like we were the first to do this and now we're seeing other people and strategists are seeing that value and they're literally you know, riding off the back of us and, and forming their own collectives. Because I think also the, what, what is interesting is um, it's a little bit like in a company, right? You work with different people, you have a team and you go together to solve a, a situation. But the difference is in this case, you guys don't work for the same company. You literally just come together and then you go your separate ways. Um, so, so, so that's a very interesting perspective because that doesn't really tie you together to any one philosophy or any one direction it gives you really the freedom to do whatever you think is best for the client, right? 100%. And, and, and like the guys were saying, it's, it's the ultimate uh, bias buster, right? The, the number one enemy for, for brand strategies are biases and your own, your own biases, right? No matter how experienced you are, you are carrying your baggage of knowledge and your, your, bag, your baggage of assumption and, and, and biases. And being the three of us, uh, we bust each other biases and the truth comes in the middle. We constantly argue, constantly challenge. And, and like in any relationship, the truth is in the middle and the value for the client is in the middle. Not one brand strategy by three, not one agency by three working on the same brand. I mean, to, to me, from the client perspective, it sounds absolutely amazing. I would agree. As a as a potential client, I would say exactly the same thing. So I'm I'm very very interested in your approach. How do you become a brand strategist? You know, everyone's journey must be very different. I'm sure that my journey to this has been uh, completely different than yours. I'm I'm really interested in in maybe just a couple of words from each one of you. How how do you get to this point? I think it for me. I think it 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 has to be. Why do you, what do you want to achieve better than what you're doing right now? So I own a creative agency and a lot of us come from similar backgrounds. Um, Wes is a designer from the start um, and Martin's a designer from the start. I'm not a designer, but I've, I run we a team of that. designers. We all have seen your decks. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty bad. They their fonts. But yeah, don't. it's pretty bad. But the the thing is, it's like you know, why are you doing this? Like, what is what what is uh, what are we trying to communicate here? Um, uh, and that's where it all starts from. And then it's just being very inquisitive about the end goal, the 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 end story, and 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 you just keep asking questions, and and sooner or later, you're kind of getting onto this path of kind of that bigger that bigger world and that the, the bigger reason why you're doing things. So it's not just kind of knocking out logos and being pixel pushers and doing exactly what a client wants. It's really kind of asking the 
the deeper questions. Why? What are we trying to achieve with this? What is the bigger story behind all of this? Yeah, for me, for me, it's similar. And I think we were all coming from, uh, sorry, it's not similar. We're all coming from three very, very separate uh, perspectives. But I think what we have in common is that constant curiosity, constant asking questions and just literally taking the life out of people from how many questions we ask that that's that's natural like and we, and we we do that in the morning we do that in the workshop we do we do that at home uh, my girlfriend literally the other day told me stop strategizing on me stop asking questions just just tell me an answer and and i said at that point i said i'm screwed she got it <laughs> i'm gonna have to ch- i'm gonna have to change profession but I, I i personally completely fell out of love from design i i come from from a mixed family my mom is a scientist a doctor my father is an architect so our background was always the same but I followed my my father path so I went into traditional arts I went into graphic design then I went into brand identity I was working with big companies um, doing uh, really great work for medium and 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 bigger size agencies in London as well but I started hating it because it was a hit and miss every time we were creating a brand identity without strategy we were shooting in the dark Sometimes was going well, sometimes was going bad, right? It was literally gamble. The creative, the creative team hated it. The client hated it. And, and I started asking questions, why is that happening? Like, because there, is, there was no logicality into the process. There was pure creativity, pure vanity of creating beautiful identity that had no substantial fundamental meaning behind it. I completely fell out in love with it. And I started exploring. I found out about Christo. I found out about Melinda Leavesley. I found out about Martin Umeyer. And for me, strategy was the answer. Creativity mixed with logicality for problem solving applied to business goals. I think I would add, like, from a practical point of view, um, these guys have talked about emotion. Um, the more I'm, I'm teaching, the more I'm realizing that most strategists don't have a creative background, right? So from my perspective... And especially Martin's as well. Like, you know, believe it or not, I started out in fashion. Like, I, I have a degree in knitwear. Um, I've worked for Puma, like yourself. Like, I, you know, I've, I've been through the ranks from fabric through to design, through to silhouette, through to execution, right? And I think there's a va- there's a great value in coming a strategist walking that fire, like understanding how to sell an idea, understanding how to speak to a stakeholder, understanding how to take people on a journey from start to finish, and then how we then visualize that. And I think visualizing is key. Like the more I teach, it's more about visualization. The more I can show you, you know, a thousand words in one image, like how can we visualize this thing? How can we bring this to life? Because that's the next step of strategy. And I think we're going to go into that later, but how do we bring this to life? How do we visualize this thing? How do we, how do we bring words into action? Because that's literally what, strategists have to do on the next level right so it's all about you know walking the fire as i say that and i'm quoting matt davis on that like that's his terminology um but yeah start start to finish soup to nuts as i call it like let's do the whole walk the whole nine yards and then you'll get a full understanding of how to sell this thing in from start to finish to each level and a degree of your career what I find very interesting, and especially, um, you know, lately that I've been more active on LinkedIn, you you see so many different angles to how you can do brand, 
or brand strategy, right? <laughs> you you hear about it from a copywriter's perspective. You hear about it from a graphic designer's perspective. You hear about it from a marketeer's perspective. And all those perspectives in the end touch on the same thing, which is, okay, you need to build a brand, whatever that is, whether it's a company brand, whether it's a personal brand. In the end, we're all kind of going towards the same direction of, okay, this is brand and you need a strategy to it. So I think that, you know, one of the questions that came to my mind um, in recent times is, is what makes it all different, though, or what brings it all together? Because all these different perspectives, are those just, you know, small parts of the bigger puzzle? Or are those just different ways of looking at branding? Uh, for me, I think the the answer there, again, is in the question or, or how you explain that is like brand is all of those things it's a multiple touch points and more as well you know it, it's not just one thing i mean if we were again to take martin Newman's definition of brand is that is the gut feeling of um what someone thinks about your brand and you then how how do you shape that gut feeling as a brand strategist right so it's all of those things like it's it's you've you've you doing things intentionally and leaving less to chance uh so yeah th there are different definitions of it but i think it's all part of a whole and i really like that analogy of um uh, kind of a jigsaw piece puzzles all of them are separate parts but in the end they make this beautiful picture that all makes sense in the end Especially because when you when you work with consumer um, facing brands, you know that there's so many aspects to it. There's so many layers to it. It's not just the copywriting or the graphic design or the logo or you know the brand identity, which are all very important things. But there's also the customer experience, the you know the experience of the consumer going to the store and how they feel there. And so it's it's interesting that I don't hear so much talking about you know, consumer experience or like the customer experience side of it. But it seems like brand strategy for a lot of people is, okay, it's the logo, it's the values, it's the mission and the vision. But like, okay, so it's kind of like stops here. Um, I'm curious because you guys work with consumer facing brands. Like, for example, you mentioned Dr. Oetker before. Um, how do you look at all that? You know, like how do you look at that puzzle? And what are the elements that are most important to you when you work on a strategy like that? It's it's a it's a great point. I think what you said about brand strategies not looking from the customer perspective. I think they're not doing strategy. Yeah, I think the reality day. is that you you don't own your brand. Who owns your brand is your customer. So yes. the best understanding that oh, you have man. about your customer, better it is. You talked about experiences. It's everything, literally everything. Every single touch point, no matter how remote it is is a great opportunity to create a memorable experience in the mind of your customer. And I think that, that that's the magic that's the magic of brand. There is that famous quote that says, people forget what you do, but they will never forget how you make them feel. Yes. So the main question that as a brand owner, you need to keep asking yourself is it how I want to have my customer think about me, how I want them to be uh, how I want them to feel. What do, what do I want them to feel when interacting with my brand? From picking up the phone, from touching the packaging, from from reading at the website. Nothing else matter but the customer. That's 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 the reality. And we spend a lot of time in creating the customer journey from the most 
insignificant, tiniest touch point to the most obvious one as messaging, copywriting, website, application, and things like that. I literally had that ex- that, that quote today. You know, there's something I've been working on. I think I said it on, on something that's coming out in the future around, you know, in a wood with a drone. But, like, I've started leaning into this and trying to explain to to business owners and leaders in C-suite, like, you're, you're not you know, your company isn't a brand until it engages with somebody. It's a company. As soon as it leaves an impression on somebody, it becomes a brand, a good or a bad one. But as soon as you, your company interacts with a, with a person, it then it then forms a brand because you're leaving that impression with a good or bad one in that customer's mind. And that's when you become a brand and not until. So unless you're like, you know, unless you engage with something and you leave an impression or an intentional response, as Ash alluded to just, and I noted that, um, yeah, you are not a brand at that point. You're a company, you're a business or an organization. You're a brand when you leave that experience. And that's a good way to kind of position that. Hmm. What's the most difficult aspect of doing this that, you know, you've, you've come across is in, in, you know, in these workshops and in these conversations with, with brand owners? What's, what's the topic that has been the most difficult for people to grasp out of this whole exercise? I think we so should far. answer this individually because I'm sure yeah. we've all got a different yeah, challenge. Yeah, I was going to say that. Go on, Ash. Yeah, what you you uh, well, I, I, I think um, not, I would say difficult for clients, difficulty that we see is that, um, and this is the reason why they hire people like us, is that they have got these biases and Martin touched on that earlier on, whether it's individual biases or it's company biases, the, this is the way things are, have been done for a while within this company or within this industry. Um, if it's not fixed, don't break it mentality. But if you're going to go down that road, then how are you going to scale? How are you going to be different? Right. Um, so it's, so the challenge I guess from us is trying to break down tactfully those biases that exist within that company and um it's quite good when you're a fresh pair of eyes it always is for anything and anything any any kind of project that you approach is that you see things from afar and that's actually part of our process as well you know we do the audit before and we 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 see it from fresh eyes we we're not inside this industry we don't not inside this company we have very little uh, prejudices so we're kind of seeing what we're seeing basically and it goes a little bit deeper than that in terms of an audit but it's that's that's kind of that's a benefit to for a client to have that extra pair of eyes um so yeah going back to the the biggest challenge for companies is get for them to get out of that stuck mode and the challenge for us is to help them get out of that that zone um, but we've got to do it tactfully and we've got to do it through a process. And that's the kind of, that's what we do in a, in a workshop. Mm-hmm. You know, Wes, next, what right? would you say? Okay. Well, you guys know what I'm going to say, but um, I think, you know, my, my biggest challenge is, is, is really understanding the, the core purpose and what, and what this beast actually is. And when you understand the value of a purpose and what it can actually do to your brand, it's a game changer. Um, yeah. The big, the biggest challenge I get is, you know, and and if you ever get blessed with a presentation from us or with a workshop, you'll see there's many slides. Blessed, in, literally, uh, your life will change. Father, I would like to be you. blessed, please. No, I actually wasn't. I actually wasn't talking about me at that point. I was talking about the deck. 
Um, but no, what I'm trying to say is that, that everyone, new... please stand up. Wes is speaking. <laughs> there's numerous pages that keep getting inserted into this deck because we have this metaphor of like every time we get challenged, you know, bringing hip hop back into the equation, we like we like rabbit, you know, Eminem. We we'll take what we're gonna get challenged with. We'll talk about it before you can talk about it. So normally it's from finance. Normally it's from CFOs. All we, you know, our purpose is to make money, right? That's what it's all about. And and you're like, yes, I agree that the mission part of this business is to make the money. And we'll do that through objectives and we'll do that through produce or products or whatever it is. But what's the genuine reason you're existing? What is going to drive your brand? Why do people actually give a shit? Like, why would they matter? You know, why do they matter in that customer's mind to make them choose you over somebody else? And, you know, the, the, the argument or the, the discussion you'll always have is, yeah, but we're out to make money. And I'm like, if your company is just solely about making money, if your purpose is about making money and your your brand um, fails and your business stops making money because it doesn't sell product, what happens to your business? Nothing. It's going to fail. You're going to close the doors because there's no, there's no further purpose to push you guys on. And so, yeah, that's, the, that's normally the biggest challenge. And just to put that into time frame, that challenge can take between two and five hours, maybe, <laughs> depending. Um, so we can get in and we can get hard. Yeah, only. Um, and then we're normally playing catch up for, for the rest of the day. But, but yeah, that, that's the foundation of everything. Like if we build everything off purpose, it's purpose led. Everything above it makes sense. Going back to those touch points that you were talking to Ash about earlier, like all those touch points are done for a genuine reason. They're done with purpose. They're powered by purpose. They're done with an objective in mind, right? And it's not just it's not just done for shits and giggles. It's done for genuine reason, right? Genuine purpose. Yeah. So yeah, that that's my biggest uh, challenge, shall we say? And I love a challenge. It makes sense. I, I think my my answer is very short. It's, obviously. Uh, I feel uh, everything that my my two brothers are saying, brothers in brand. But I think they they may for me the main challenge is uh, one the the complete lack of understanding what a brand strategist can do. Uh, every time we enter into a room, oh, we're gonna talk about logo, color, shapes, and graphs, and the CEO and the CTO knows absolutely nothing about what is the impact of a brand strategist. And my biggest, literally, my biggest life uh, joy is when we are converting CTOs and CEOs from complete brand misbelievers to complete brand believers and and that's that's what we what we do we usually uh, with Ash and Wes we we bet on who's the one that crosses the arm first and sits in the corner without saying anything I will say who of us will convert that one We'll get free drinks for the rest of the weekend. And, and, and I love it. And like when a CEO takes me to the side and tells me, I finally understood what this was all about. I finally understood why we spent 24 hours all together flying from all over the world into this room. Thank you. And there was nothing about colors and nothing about logos. That's that, that's our biggest joy. I love it. All the different perspectives. And I have to say, I connect to Wes's point the most because I am also a huge believer in purpose. And I don't think you can build anything without a purpose, but for a very practical reason. So, I mean, when I started, I actually was starting in a very, uh, how do you say, idealistic uh, way, you know, as in you, you need a big purpose in order to, you know, make a change in the world. And now I'm, I think I've become a, a little bit more pragmatic in the sense that I'm pretty aware that companies need to make money. That's why they're a company, right? But I'm also aware that the market is so, so busy. You know, due to social media, there is so much competition out there. So the only thing 
the only thing that can set you apart. I don't think it's the product. Of course, the product can be or needs to be good because otherwise it's not going to stand the, the, the test of time. But if you don't have a personality, if you don't have a brand personality, if you don't have a, a clear purpose that the consumer can, you know, use as their own purpose and transform their lives through your brand in some kind of way, um, I don't think there's any way that your brand is going to, you know, make it. It might have, you know, made it in the last few years before social media, but it's definitely not going to make it in the next 10 to, to 15 years. 100%. And, and uh, to, to add on that, you don't have to be the biggest, most successful, sexiest product in the world. You know, you can just be the shittiest accounting app that does a great job. And But you want to be missed if that accounting app goes out of business. You want to change life in that little, you know. Even those 15 minutes of daily interaction, those few seconds of daily interaction with this accounting app, if you can create an amazing service that you're literally making their life easier, that's brilliant. Right. So I think what, what a lot of people get caught up on is that like, oh, I need to be B2C. I can't be a B2B brand purpose. I, I, I think it's, th that conversation is done. Every single brand is an interaction between people. Right. And when purpose is in the middle, uh, it, it just simply works. The reality is that we do not need new brands. What we do need is better brands. We fucked up this planet so badly that the last thing that we need in our lives is another brand. As you said it, we're so saturated. What we do need and what there is a lack of is good brands. Agreed. That actually make a difference in people's lives. Yeah. 100%. And maybe you guys you guys are not going to like this example, Martin and Wes, because you're designers. But maybe <laughs> Ash will, will get the benefit that I personally feel as a non-designer. So I'm going to just mention Canva. Right. Ooh, okay. Ooh. Okay. Maybe it's a, a little bit um, of a touchy subject here, but honestly, <clears throat> that purpose of bringing design to everyone that is not a designer—it's yeah. a very real purpose. Yeah, you know. I mean, how and how great has that company? <sighs> how how fast has that company grown because of that one purpose? That's rallied everyone mm. in at Canva, starting from that founder to all of the people that they wanted to touch and reach. And it's behind that one purpose is to democratize um, design and, and and put it in everyone's hands, right? Mm. Um, and, I, and, and, a, and you joke, but I'm sure Martin and Wes don't disagree with that at all. No, no, 100%. I think it's a big movement. It's, it's a trend that started a few years ago and is meant here to stay. The no-code movement, the no-design movement, the, the, the no-knowledge movement. The, I, I think we're, we, we are getting to a point where extreme simplification and extreme democratization of information and access to everything. And I think it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful place. Uh, you know, all the magic that is happening with AI as well. Lots of people are freaked out and scary. But I think, I think we, we, this, this today, tomorrow, the day after tomorrow, is a great time to be a brand owner. I think that the, pos the possibilities are there. You just need to know how to leverage them. Mm. Agreed. So I, I think we've touched a little bit on <clears throat> what the sort of brand house looks like, right? But maybe we can go a little bit into more details on what are the pillars that brands need to be built on. And maybe from each of your perspectives uh, or together as a, as a collective, you can talk to me a little bit about what are those things? What, what is the, the, the base 
um, then you sort of like need to build your brand on things like the vision and the mission and the values and yes, the purpose, of course, uh, you know, both internal and external to the consumer. What are those elements that you think are needed, are the basis of a good brand? I think all of those usual suspects that you mentioned there, you know, mm-hmm. the purpose, the the mission, the vision, and and I say usual suspects, but they're really important ones. And we really need to even dig down deeper because like these are kind of buzzwords sometimes like, you know, some strategists and marketing people will send out questionnaires to their clients and saying, what's your purpose? What's your vision? What's your mission? You, that That's ridiculous because it's just, you, you're not going to get really anything new out of that or any clear direction for a company. But then there's things like the personality. And, and I would say this as well, there's, um, there's that there's an overlap between the brand and marketing uh, so there's things like you know value pos- propositions the the p- positioning which will then inform the messaging that will inform how you communicate internally and externally so to your external customers and then the employer brand as well and the culture and all of that stuff so there's so many different pillars, um, but all of it, I like to see it, and I'm a little bit biased in 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 saying this, is that I like to see everything as a story. You know, everything is that kind of, oh, that roadmap of, and there's different sections within that story and that, you know, make up that story. There's the, all these different pillars and there's so many things in there. And we go through all of these things in a workshop as well. We make sure that we dig deep, really deep. We only have a three-day sprint initially for a foundation, but that's that three-day, it's really intense and it's solid but it's it starts off a working kind of document for the brand and the direction and 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 that brand and shaping that brand work never stops um so yeah you have these pillars but some of these things are always changing and it's important to keep an eye on these things i th- i think i think that the, the one one of the key uh revelation section that we we like to go with building a brand is like understanding what's the purpose like Wes said before understanding who you serve and how you can change their life understanding what's the playing field right like a sport you need to understand what are the rules of the sport who's your adversary who are your who are your supporters and how can you win how can you compete right how can you can you win today tomorrow and the day after tomorrow how can you stay relevant how can you grow and what you should do next Right, a lot of the brand strategy is about efficiency. Like, not everyone is Coca Cola that can literally vomit millions in every single touch point and just scoop up everyone. Uh, the, the the reality is that we 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 live in a in a in a society where cost of living crisis is very real. Brands live in very competitive spaces, and 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 decisions are harder to make. But guess what? If you have a really strong purpose and a really good brand strategy, decisions are much easier to make. To, to me, it's like getting to a, a point where you are investing into your brand building versus throwing spaghetti, hopefully, uh, hoping that they will stick. Right. So uh, that, that's that's where we, we we try to go on the foundation. And like Ash said, that's the beginning. This is the this is the first day of the rest of your of your brand's life. Every day is a good day to build your brand. Your brand strategy is a flexible document. And the reality is that no matter how good of a job you do, you need to be able to pivot and change things quickly. 
because the brand strategy is a prediction, right? It's a potential winning trajectory to solve a problem and meet some business goal. But there might be another two or three trajectories. So let's pick one. Let's evolve it. Let's test it. Let's grow it. And then if, if we realize that the things need to be changed, we need to, we need to have balls and the agility to change quickly. I mean, you'll be, you won't be surprised, but we all align on this. Like, so <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would simplify it, you know, and it's about who you are, what you do and why you matter. And like, they're the three pillars that I build from. Mm. And that is, you know, your purpose, your positioning, your personality. Like it's, you know, your matter is your purpose, your personality is who you are and what you do is your positioning. So they're three pillars that you can build from. Uh, but again, echo in mind, it's an evolving beast. You know, we can sprint through this in three days. We'll give you back a foundation document. And at that point is then where we use that purpose to, you know, to activate those principles. And that's the next step. You know, it's an evolving beast for sure. You know, if you take water as an example, I mean, there's no more uh, crowded market than probably that market, right? So if you are able to cut through through that market, you can th cut through probably anywhere else because it's it's just really a basic commodity. And why would you buy this brand of water? It's basically then a matter of price point, you know, distribution and stuff like that. But what Liquid Death were able to do is a class act in branding, taking it to partnerships, taking it to design, taking it to a whole new, you know, even the packaging of the of the product. So um, I'm just thinking as an open question to you guys, brand voice, how how important is that? And, and how do you define that? You know, apart from all the different pillars that we talked about, about values and mission and vision and purpose and all that, how do you how do you look at brand voice and how important is that for you? Mega important. I think Ash is the best person to answer to this. Yeah. Hugely important because, yeah, again, it goes back to the your customer has to be central to that, right? So how, what, what kind of language, what kind of, and it comes down to archetypes as well, personality, your tone of voice, um, how you communicate to that specific audience really, really matters. Because if you if you sound like someone else or another company, then the then the you know the the choice is like that. But if you narrow it down to that specific audience that and you talk a certain way in a certain language that resonates with them, it's and keep consistent with it as well, that is just gonna build. And one of the pillars actually that we forgot to talk about there was that differentiation pillar, right? That that's that's hugely important. And that's what Liquid Death does really well. That's what um I don't know whether you've heard of a brand called Who Gives a Crap Toilet Paper, another commodity that you can't be turned into a brand, right? Like, but it it is, and and they talk in a different way. Patagonia did it well. Um, so there's there's so many, all of those. All of those brands that we talk about that have a certain archetype, they have a certain language, they have a certain brand voice, and even similar ones to that, they those ones that are leading make sure that they kind of own that narrative and they own that tone of voice. Yeah, it's huge. It's it's yeah. a it's an integral part of um, communicating your brand, yeah. your and your brand uh, story. Another great example of that in in an extremely boring market is uh, life insurances, right? So imagine one message is the the perfect insurance for you and your family, and mm. the other message is life insurance and dead wishes. And yeah. this is actually a real insurance company called yeah. Dead Happy. Yeah, in the and UK. They have I love that. A, they have a great product like anyone best. else. Anyone mm. else, literally, 
They do exactly what everyone else does it. And instead of competing on one cent more or one cent less, they completely revolutionized the most boring market in the world. So water, toilet paper, life insurance. Mm -hmm. You can make it if if you want it, right? If you can dream it, you can really make it. And literally the difference between death happy and uh, XYZ insurance company is the brand. Yeah, it's the from personification the name, of it. Yeah, 100%, literally. Yeah. And even the, even Liquid Dead, right? They, 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 basically, Liquid Dead is, say, is saying, what the fuck to everything. Every single thing that they do mm. is, is a what the fuck moment, right? Mm. And it works because they, they're, a, they're a multi-million company now. And mm. even this Dead Happy, they're, they're, they're selling insurances. There's something, about, there's, there's something about these irreverent challenger brands that I love because they do just mm. cut through the crap, right? And they this they're they're really kind of fresh um in terms of how they how they talk to an audience because it's like they're breaking the norms and they are challenger brands for for a reason. Um Oatly's one of those. Like, you know, you can just see so those their communications is just so different. Uh, another famous case study is the Dollar Shave Club. Everyone kind of um, you know, they they use that as a case study, like how they came through while the incumbents like Gillette were monopolizing the market and Dollar Shave Club club came through just talking a different language they had a different brand voice and it was fresh um and then in the end um i think who's the who's the parent company for gillette is it png or unilever i think it's yeah or glaxo one of them them, anyway they ended up buying um buying out um dollar shave club because this was such a threat and that's how big they grew just Uh, through their brand voice you just just try to simplify the question instead of saying brand say human voice right would you would you have married your husband or your or your wife if there was like this monday to friday monotonic like boring as hell no right like we 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 are humans and we relate to brands the same way that we relate to other humans so we like to be entertained or informed or protected or safe no matter like we we like those those basic instincts are still there but like and we want to have something completely different and and ash is right when when you're approaching uh, a, a tone of voice from a disruptive disruptive point of view you have much much higher chances to make an impact and to be memorable because one thing that did not evolve into these millions of years that we are on this planet is our brains back in the days we were seeing a red mushrooms and we were understanding that the red mushroom is poisonous the black one is good we were seeing an attractive woman and we were thinking she's the right one for the family we were seeing something all, something all of a sudden moving into the bushes and we knew that there was a threat we are hardwired to see what is different that that is reality and still today we are like that and actually it's even more important now that as you said Anna, that, that the markets are so saturated so just be just yeah you have to be really be different in everything including brand voice which which i have to be honest uh, to be fair i think traditional companies have it much harder right because yeah. they have a heritage they have a baggage whereas new companies new brands uh, let's say it's not that it's easier, but it's a little bit different than, mm. you know, it's it's easier to challenge when you're starting from scratch mm. and you don't have huge amounts to, to lose. But, so, on that, what, but on that, there are cases like, you know, look at Old Spice. Like, like I don't mm-hmm. know if you, Old Spice changed his whole 
persona because it came, you know, it was an old man's mass aftershave uh, and then became this this funny, quirky, you know, new rebirth. Uh, and now, you know, trying to capture a different audience. That was all done through through its tone of voice, right? You know, going back to Martin's point, uh, we all know the saying, like, the life of the party. And everyone remembers the life of the party. Everyone remembers that person. But if we're Which talking about... usually. If we're talking <laughs> about people as brands... That's the disruptor. That's the person that leaves the impression. That's the person that's that's talked to you in a way that you want to be their friend. So if we create that that relationship between product and person, mm. that's how brand personas work. You're aligning to that person. You're aligning to that brand. He's speaking to you in the right way. He's saying all the right things. You just want to be his friend. You know, that life of the party is the one you're going to remember. And it goes back to the point about how a brand's um, work is never done. And also back to the point that it should be about the customer because things change, generations change, customers grow up, old customers go. So even those, you know, those heritage brands, they've got to do something slightly different to keep up with the customer. Um, So that's why, you know, yeah, the the brand work is never done. Like you've, you've got to keep on your toes all the time. What are the biggest mistakes that you see brands do without naming anyone? So nobody gets offended here um, and we get cancelled or anything, but just like top line. Shall we say say after three, guys, it begins with A and it's always the same thing. (laughs) What is it? Activate. Yeah, you don't activate your brand. It's pointless. You know what I, mean? I think if you, I think that is one, and then uh, thinking that the customers are stupid. So activation and bullshit. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, I think yeah, c- consumers became so wise, and information is so readily available that uh, if you have a purpose, you need to live live with it. Um, what do you mean by activation? What do you mean by brand activation? Bring bringing purpose to life. You know, like how do we how do we activate this purpose through our touch points, mm-hmm. through our company, through our culture, through our product. I don't want to give too much away, but if we look at certain products in society, even the innovation is backed by purpose. Even the communication, even the, the marketing is all driven by purpose. And once it's got purpose rooted in it and you bring that to life, then your brand or your company then starts turning into that brand because it starts interacting with its audience. So what happens, you know, and a, another reason why we all form this collective is working in agencies for years and years and years. I mean, I've been in brands since 2008. The amount of brand babies I've birthed and just get you know gave to their owner and said, okay, here's your brand, and then they come back to you twelve months later like we don't know what we're doing. It's failed. Like and you're like, but what have you done? Oh, nothing. We just took your brand out of the you know our strategy, put the strategy on the shelf, told everyone in the C-suite, and expected this thing to to walk. You know, it's like a kid. Like you have to raise it and you get it to a point where it starts to talk and it has values and it understands its manners. And then you send it into the big wide world. And at that point, you've still got to educate it. You've still got to keep it going. You've still got to encourage it, incentivize it, teach it how to make friends, whatever, whatever, whatever. But you can't just leave it outside the door and shut the door and then say, okay, go off into the big wide world. It's just not going to work that way. You know? Yeah. Hundred percent. That's literally number one mistake by by companies undergoing a brand strategy or a brand uh, brand exercise, mm. uh, treating it as a as a as a tick box exercise. Right? We have done it. 
we have our values, we have them printed in our reception, and, and they all make sense. They usually have these beautiful vertical words, and then each word means something, you know, behind the reception. Mm-hmm. Love them. They're like those those ones. I love it. We've done it. Look, it's there. But then they don't bring it to life, and, and all they've done is BS, right? And yep. It means nothing. Yeah. Purpose as well. You can discuss about purpose. We can discuss about purpose for mm-hmm. days if you want to into the brand workshop, but it means absolutely nothing if you don't bring mm-hmm. it to life every day. Can I, can I, I say another one as well? Oh, go, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I want to test something with you guys. You go afterwards. with your theory on that point because I know you're following up on what Martin said. Uh, I have a theory and I'm curious to, to know if you guys agree. If, if you have a brand new strategy and you present it to your internal audience, mm-hmm. essentially your employees, mm-hmm. and after a while you repeat it and repeat it, and if you, you, you can do the test, if people are not able to tell you in simple words what the strategy is about yeah. kill it 100% you need to do it again 100% yes yes, yes and yes, and this yes, is yes. My, what my point actually was going to be so it fits nicely um, oh my god we're that, aligned yeah totally aligned um the the other mistake is not involving everyone from the start yeah. Oof. like Huge we're we're battle. big on that we're we're that big gonna, on that that was ash that was going to be my other challenge alongside yeah. purpose is like yeah. getting getting as many people in the room as possible and i always get challenged with this why why do you know how much that's going to cost me to take all you know 20 people out of my business fly them around the world duh, duh, duh. and I, I have a simple and i don't really know if i should say this because it's always a game changer on calls but i'm going to do it anyway and i say like if i could if i could put you take notes like, if i could put you like <laughs> under a knife right for an operation for 16 hours to extend your life 25 years would you say yes? And I just wait. Because that's Silence. what we're gonna that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna stick you in a room with everyone as as much as that's gonna cost your business, but this is gonna then, you know, in theory last you an extra twenty five years. What we're doing in this yeah. workshop is to is to build you a vision and a purpose and a mission that's gonna take you in twenty five years ahead. That's what we're to do. Yeah. And you yeah. know how many times the, the most brilliant ideas, the most unconventional thinking, the most useful piece of information comes from what they yeah. call, quote, the last in the hierarchy, right? Yeah, the driver, juniors. the intern, someone that just joined, the junior, the assistant. And that's the way it is. There is that beautiful story, which I'm telling all the time about the janitor in, in NASA when Kennedy went to, to see the NASA space program into the 60s. He saw a janitor into the main building and he asked the janitor, hey, what are you doing here at NASA? And the janitor said, well, Mr. President, it's very obvious. I'm helping to put a man on the moon. So that is the level of alignment that you want to have in an organization. Branding, culture, alignment, purpose, all these little small fragments that build your brand mean nothing if you have a top bottom approach the reality is that brand happens like exactly like you said bottom up when you ask every one of your employees and they say the same thing that's where you have the brand and guess what if you ask your customer as well what is your brand and they say the same thing that's you have a brand again so that so that's the reality is an internal process to create external perception and external value but also because i feel that we sometimes forget a very obvious element which is your employees might also be your consumers. Yeah. You know, I mean, have. isn't it so obvious? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it should be. It, it's should like be, right? two things. Employees are also your consumers and also employees are also your brand um, spokespeople. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, so there's yeah, like exactly. ambassadors. 
Yeah. It, it's like, and you have those people there as in for free as, 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 you know, like people to talk to and get feedback from. And I find it so interesting that, you know, we, we totally forget about that. You know, this aspect of this layer of use your employees for feedback on the product and on the strategy, on the branding, on the marketing, whatever, because they are your consumers and also make sure to use them as your brand ambassadors because they, if they believe in you, they will be the best ambassadors that, that you can have. That's real-time insight, like hugely. You know what I mean? Real-time insight. Like, yeah. You know, and and more they, often, more often, even even if they're not your 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 customers, they're probably the closest to your customers. Then that C suite will be so yeah. it's so important. Really, really important point there. It is. It is like the the way that we like to approach that uh, conversation. Well, obviously, like Wes said, inviting a big group of the of the employees into the into the workshop as well, building it together, making it collaborative. Right? We are a collaboration, and the way that we build brands is also collaborative. But also the other good, really good point about what you said about not only them becoming your consumer, but the reality is that the brand makes a promise, and who makes the promise reality is the employee. So between brand promise and brand reality, there is a bridge and who gaps that bridge are your employees. So you, you, you cannot be a CEO and, and just whip brand from, from, from the top to the bottom. It's, it's, it's never going to work. And the last bit on that is, is getting, getting all those people in the room. As Martin said, it's a collaborative approach. So everyone in that room agrees on an answer for every framework that we work on. And that's a collaboration. So then it's never really challenged because they've got a time and a place to address this. They've got a time and a place to challenge it. And once they leave that room, that strategy has been built by everyone that was in that workshop. And if, if the whole business is in, no one can actually challenge that. Like we all agreed this. We all agreed to move this forward. Going back to them laughing and joking about me on a purpose. I wouldn't let that purpose move forward unless I believe that that person is telling me that they, they mean this and they want to actually do it, you know. Otherwise, the whole three days is going to fall flat. It, it <laughs> generally that's is absolutely like... <laughs> true. Because Wes will, will make people cr cry blood from their eyes until until they are yeah. fully agreed on the purpose. Yeah, if I, if it, I believe you, we days. can move forward, you know. But, like, there's no point in, you know, you're wasting your time, your money, and all these people's time in this room just because you're telling me, the per I agree with this purpose so we can move on. And I'll be like, no. Yeah. Like, unless, unless we're in on this... And I believe you, we're not going to move forward. Simple. Yeah. So 100%. I am a big believer in that, Wes. I'm Good. fully supportive of, of that strategy. Uh, <laughs> although it might sound harsh, but I think it, it really it's is true. the only way. And I'd like to hear from you because, you know, linked to the topic um, that we discussed earlier on about, you know, we sometimes forget that employees are consumers, brand ambassadors, and they all have their own personal brands or they connect with others. Um, why is the personal brand important to you guys? How do you activate it? It's a great, it's a great question. Yeah, I will go, go on. Ashley. No, you, you go, Martin. The well, he's, no, the you the he's the king. He's the king. I was going to say, I learned from you. <laughs> no, I, I want, I want to hear you go. But you know what I was going to say? Like it to to me, it took it took forever to be comfortable with my personal brand, right? As as I always, I always consider myself a, a, an introvert, and now I consider myself as a, as a trained extrovert. I didn't like my accent. I didn't like uh, the way I was delivering content and doing, and and I spent most of my life 
of hiding my personal brand and trying to pretend to be someone else and I was never happy and it never really never really worked and then the last couple of years uh, I I uh, I deliberately started to work on my personal brand and deliberately started to be completely myself externally as I, as I am. I, le- I learned how to how to embrace my diversity, my pros and my cons and, and, and going back to the part of that, like those little quirkiness, that story as Ash will, will tell you, that, that those little unique pieces, Wes's dyslexia, uh, Ash's skin, uh, my, my accent and the way that I'm, I'm delivering things, all these little pieces make yourself unique and all these little pieces no one else will be able to own it and and if you features if you feature your imperfection your quirks what makes you different that is your personal brand and no one will be able to own it and 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 now people want to connect with this story with this realness there is a there is a such an appetite for for stories and and ash knows better 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 than anyone but me and west we learn every day from ash and 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 uh, i knew ash on linkedin and his content and his storytelling way before we actually met uh, real life and but that that was my beginning of you know getting out there with my personal brand it's uncomfortable i i, I uh, ash you go last i'm just telling you you go last Okay, so I'll go. So yeah, I, I think yeah, I'm I'm growing my personal brand. I'm I'm new to this party, you know, standing between these two dons, you know. Yeah. I, I'm following in footsteps, but I've got my own little mission. Uh, as you all know, like I'm I'm creating this brand visual, this brand personality of talking through hip hop, talking through lyrics. So I've got this this passion, which Ash knows. He already knows where my vision is and what I want to try and achieve. But I want to try and you know, spread knowledge of brand through verse. That's what I want to do. So it's not a purpose, it's a mission. And and that's that's how I'm trying to, you know, implement this brand of West now, which is going to start educating people that are like-minded like me, that understand how hip-hop works. And if we can al- allow all music, even from its rawest form through to its performance, if we can relate that to brand and brand experience, we can start aligning to people's minds and understanding it in a different format. So that's that's how I'm on this little journey of personal brand, and I'm trying to do that through, you know, the identity through the language. I talk like me anyway, but um, you know, as you know, I'm using references in in hip hop, especially music backgrounds, marketing, to try and you know spread knowledge of brand through verse. And now we're going to lead into the start of the show. And, and and when Wes does that as well, and he's the only one in the feed, which is pretty much the only one in the feed that does that, he stands out. And it's and it builds that connection with people. Doesn't matter whether they're into hip hop or not; they understand, and it's relatable. And all of this, like, I can't honestly, and I'm not just saying this, but I can't top Martin's explanation in terms of what he said about the introvert and the vulnerability and emotion. It's it's, it's exactly that why a, a personal brand is important because these people sharing their stories about them and being really raw and honest is so relatable to anyone those those themes are relatable to anyone like factory 39 cannot speak exactly like martin and uh confidential cannot speak exactly like wes only those two people can and and it's they're they're the forefront of that company it's like once now martin starts being himself they're like i now know him being the founder of Factory 39, I know what values um, that company aligns to. I know now the 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 way 
Wes is as a person. I know how he will be running his company. And to me, as a client, I find that attractive. Like, I, I want to work with not Confidential, but Wes, who is part, who is the owner of Confidential, or Martin, who's the owner of Factory 39, and his team, because those are values are, are shared. And he talks about them in, they, they talk about them in their storytelling. And I think that's why personal brands are so important. So true. And guess what? Wes's ashes and Martin proposals are exactly the same. But George will choose one of those three based on those values, based on that personal connection. No matter how big your company is, the decision will always be face-to-face, handshake to handshake, right? So that's why it's so important. That's why what Ash does with the personal storytelling and the brand storytelling is so important because we, we, we seek that, we want that. And go and check any company social media profile and any personal brand social media profile or go and check the, 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 the CEO's profile in the social media. You will see that people do not not follow company people follow people we, we just we just want that that's the reality and some people no, might think this sounds like fluff but it really isn't here's a real world example and i'm sure he won't mind me saying this but um actually i won't name him just in case right but um he, we did a workshop and the founder Trump, isn't it the, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is the other one <laughs> um but the founder basically shared a personal um, story and then when he went to see a client which was a multi-million pound client um they said you know why i really like you is because of that show that story that you shared had nothing to do with company this company nothing to do with um, work yeah it was just him being contract isn't it that was incredible multi-million contract that has absolutely nothing to do with work on a platform that you were supposed to not share these personal stories, aka, AKA LinkedIn, and 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 they're the most profitable contract to mm-hmm. date. But that, so that one human being, like that, yeah. one human being connected with the other human being, yeah. and that's it. As simple as that. Yeah, yeah. we we all have similar stories, you know. Like I love to say that branding is a personal exercise. Whether you're doing it in in the realms of a company, it's still personal. And whether you do it for yourself, it's even more personal. And then when you connect those brands together with, you know, together between themselves or with consumers, again, it's personal. So it's personal everywhere. And so you can't really do the exercise of branding without being personal about it, you know. Um, so with that being said, I want to just thank you guys for for doing this. It was such an amazing conversation i learned so much from all of you and um as i anticipated it's so great to hear all those different you know experiences and points of view and um i agree it brings so much value to the conversation you know this this um this diversity of thought and i think this is what makes you guys great brand strategists um and i'm looking forward to see what's coming next from the three brand guys can i ask you a question (laughs) sure tell me how you feel in three words inspired motivated and engaged Amazing. how are you how are that you feeling <laughs> <laughs> i'll take that <laughs> wonderful thank you guys and no we'll speak soon no worries thank, thank you. you appreciate it peace thank you bye